welcome to a punk rock murder mystery episode tonight. We got the Sid and Nancy story brought to you by GhostBed.com, Manscaped, and OfficerPrivacy.com. All using that promo code Wolfpack. It's going to be a punk rock filled murder mystery right here on the Failure to Stop podcast channel. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Perhaps the worst intro of any show I have ever done. I'm embarrassed with my own actions, and I apologize to everyone for the way that, not only the way I look, but that terrible intro that I just did. Uh, we went all punk rock tonight. Well, at least that's what we were supposed to do. I might be the only one who went all in on this. Uh, no, I you have look, my leather you look jacket punk on. Rock. Oh, I see it now. You changed. Got my bad brain shirt on. Yeah, you changed though. Before the yeah. before that whole intro, you were not you were not so punk rock. So and I was in a polo uh, and khakis. <laughs> you look like one of the Murdoch. You look like one of the uh, Murdoch kids, <laughs> <laughs> all prepped out and everything. Uh, oh, no, tonight is a uh, is the Sid and Nancy story. Like I said, tonight's show is brought to you by GhostBed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good, it's scary. If you're tuning in for the first time, this is True Crime Tuesday, where uh, myself and former officer Kendra J. Rama uh, go through some true crime. We're the dirtbags of true crime. Oh, so insensitive. Oh, glorifying murder. That's what cops and first responders want to hear at night when they're sitting in their cop cars. Not your political correct uh, ooh, we're gonna say grape instead of fucking rape just say rape we're all adults here nobody's listening in the car with their kids nobody if you listen to true crime with your children 90 percent chance your kids are gonna be serial killers you're gonna be <laughs> part of the problem this is the first this is the failure stop podcast channel we deliver six different shows Every single week, all a part of this uh, C minus media company, which has shows like the anti hero podcast. Two former cop, well, one full time cop, one former Delta Force operator went fed. Uh, I guess you'd call him a federal cop or federal police officer. But they got a podcast. It's rad. Uh, it's called the anti hero podcast. We've got uncuffed Mondays right here on Failure to Stop. We got True Crime Tuesdays. We've got Wednesdays. We got political news on Wednesdays. Thursdays, Com Center with two. Uh, dispatchers, and then Friday we have our case breakdown with 30 year detective, the easy, the steezy, the beautiful Drew Breezy, and myself breaking down the biggest cases of the month. Uh, follow us on Instagrams, uh, YouTubes, Facebooks, all the things. And uh, one more thing we have a comedy show coming up, uh, November 11th and the 12th with Vinny Montez. Uh, if you don't know who Vinny Montez is, man, you probably live under a rock, it's probably the largest comedian uh, police related com comedian out there but he's going to be in town with some other big names i don't know i heard rumor that donut might be going uh, traveling with him 
on this one. Donut Operator might be with them. I don't know. I, that was the rumor on this show. Uh, but uh, they're going to be in North Carolina in Albemarle for a big event. And then I'll be opening up. Uh, Jay Darrell and myself will be opening up for Vinny Montez. Uh, and I think that's going to be at Charlie Goodnights in Raleigh, North Carolina. So lots of shit going on. Oh, and then Easy Steezy Drew Breezy will be emceeing for the thing up in Albemarle. Lots of, that's all I have for news. I'm ready for some true crime, some murder, and some mayhem. This better be punk rock because if not, I just look ridiculous. <laughs> Well, that was my whole plan, just to get you to put eyeliner on. <laughs> it's going to be like it a works. golfing murder. <laughs> a murder Something on a super golf boring. course. <laughs> no, last uh, week we talked about um, my love of punk, and it just kind of inspired me to cover this story, because for whatever reason, this is not a very well-known or covered case, um, which is odd to me, because the Sex Pistols were kind of the band that started punk. I mean, a lot of people will say it wasn't them, but it was oh, yeah. them. They exploded I mean, onto the scene. Is Sex Pistols. Yeah. So so that's yeah. what inspired me to do this case. I'm excited. So um, let's just jump right in. Um, yeah, the Ramones. The Ramones was a big punk rock too. Now, wait, before we jump oh, yeah, into yeah. this really fast, really fast, I know everybody's dying and chomping at the bit to get to the murder and the mayhem because mm. you're all sick and twisted just like the next guy. Um some of you guys out there virtue signaling. Oh, yeah, it's disrespectful. Uh, I know. I know it is. Leave us a one-star review then. Who gives a shit? Just do it. Fucking I want to hear it. <laughs> um, now, you're, because you're, you're a lot younger than me. Uh, are you even 21? Jesus. Yeah, I'm, tw- I'm 29. Oh, so 29. <sighs> I'll be 30 soon. Can I even podcast with a 17-year-old? Oh, that seems, seems creepy. <laughs> 29 seems too young for me to be podcasting with you. Um, yeah, you are a lot younger than I am uh, by about almost 11 years. Uh, are you um, Are you more of the, uh, hello there, my angel, are you that kind of punk? Or are you more of like the Ramones, Sex Pistols, AFI, well, Operation I Ivy? I, oh, yeah, I like Operation Ivy. I, I grew up with like pop punk, you know, from like the 2010s, early 2000s, like, my favorite band when I was 11 was Simple Plan. And oh, Fallout Boy. I know, I know. But oh, I God. I matured a little bit and um now I'm a, I like the older stuff. 80s, oh, 70s. Okay. Yeah. 90s. Yeah, that emo era is what killed the emo era is what led to all the transgender shit now. All the transgender kids now would have just been emo back in my day. <laughs> yeah. Just emo kids. <laughs> Now it's like they've skipped emo and just gone like full trans. Yeah, um, we were um, we were just really cringy. I mean, we didn't really do anything except wear eyeliner and be grumpy. It was it was definitely a phase. Yeah, yeah. Now Will Cray in the <laughs> chat says some forty one is his go to punk. Will Cray, your go to punk rock was probably Garth Brooks, brother. That's about <laughs> as punk rock as you've ever gotten, Will Gray. By the way, he's still the single, bodies. ladies. He's still single. So, uh, uh, you know, find him up there. We got some new people in the chats. Try Hard Joe. Uh, we got Ashley Tansy up in the chats. What's up, girl? The last known president. Dead Leg Media. Armory Knights. Oh, gosh, the list keeps going on and on and on and on. So thank you guys for being up in the chats with us tonight. It's going to be a good show. Strap in. 
And uh, we'll be here with you guys at the end of the show, as always, to kind of hang out and talk shit. Catherine Smith's in here. Uh, <laughs> let me just read hers before we get going on. Oh, Abby. Hey, Abby, on Being a Police Officer podcast. She's in here. Emos, where the goth kids in my day. Well, okay, Catherine. So, like, you and I are probably the same age then because, yes, um, it was goth. Yeah, goth was, I mean, I don't know. Goth was pretty goth. Emo was just like... Like, emo was, like, when I was a senior in high school, that's where the emo kids were. But, yeah, like, when I was, like, a freshman and uh, going up through the middle school, yeah, goth was, uh, well, you know what? It was the trench coat phase, too. You had all the prodigy nerds. You know what they're, you know, those were the active shooters um, back in the day. The trench coat wearers. They were. They were the OG fucking school shooters. Yeah. Uh, I like goth rock goes, uh, too. The Matrix, the Matrix goths. Mm. That's what it was. It was the Matrix goths. Yeah. Which I don't know why that led to shooting up schools. I don't know if they were red pilled or blue pilled or whatever. But um, yeah, the it's emo killed grunge. And I will never forgive emo for it coming from John. Yeah, that's true, man. I think <laughs> uh, I didn't realize there were so many punk rockers in here. But Will Gray says it was Garth Brooks. Never heard of her. Uh, <laughs> yes, Johnny Rotten. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be a fun night. Um, I I just love all of this stuff. I love Sid. Um, uh, you know, Sid Vicious. I love all this stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. Let's, let's do get it. into it. Consensually so, uh, do it. Yeah. <laughs> so to paint the picture of how crazy this is, I'm, I'm going to go into the history of Sid and Nancy as individuals just to get paint a picture because it'll just make the story make more sense. So Sid Vicious, born John Ritchie. He was born to uh, mother Anne and a father who was absent for his whole life. Um, Anne was a heroin addict and a dealer. So this was like 50s, 60s. Well, I don't know if it was particularly heroin back then, but eventually she started dealing heroin, um, pretty much whatever she could get her hands on. And she would (laughs) and she would uh, transport these drugs in Sid's diaper. So this was the kind of mother that she was. Damn. Um, He was punk rock from birth. From day one. Day (laughs) one punk rock, dude. Whether he wanted to be or not. Yeah. We should hide heroin in our kids, honey. My wife's in studio with me tonight for the first time. <laughs> for the first time in a very long time. Uh, can we hide heroin in our in our uh, children's diapers? That'd be sweet. Okay, sorry about that. Let's not do that, you guys. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> <not> do that. <laughs> so anyway, as Sid's growing up, he's got this influence of the ultimate enabler, his mother, and he's just living on the edge all the time. He grows into adolescence and he starts hanging out around the club scene, going to shows, things like that. And he discovers the early Sex Pistols and he kind of just, he's a hang around. Um, He's just there all the time. And eventually their bass guitar player, Glenn Matlock, he left and Sid replaced him. So now he's exploded onto this new punk scene that nobody really knows what the hell is going on. I mean, the Sex Pistols are just doing crazy shit. The music makes no sense. A lot of people, it just sucked, you know. Um, But the people that got it, they got it. And they were all a pretty 
tight-knit group of people. So Sid became well-known very quickly as the attitude behind the Sex Pistols. He was Mm. kind of aggressive. He didn't start fights, but he didn't take any shit. You know, that was the reputation he had. Um, Obviously, he was a drug user, and he just would do these outlandish crazy things on like live tv and just had that that real grungy well not grungy but dirty punk attitude yeah um he was the guy that kind of started he was to the punk rock scene as you and i are to the true crime scene yeah (laughs) minus exactly yes minus the heroin (laughs) um but he wasn't i mean he had friends and and the ones that really knew him well, they would say that he wasn't this awful, disturbing guy. Um, the only thing is that he he did, his roommate said that he did uh, tie a cat up by its neck and let it die in his apartment and it just kind of like stayed there. Like he would do weird shit like that. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. It, like, so he was doing some gross shit, but he wasn't... Um, particularly violent outwardly. Um, But that was pretty much the gist of him. So he was always just the life of the party. So they're in London trying to start this new thing. And he's, you know, in and out, like I said, of the clubs and doing crazy shit. And in 1977, he meets our victim, Nancy Spungen. And Mm. for him, it was love at first sight. She uh, took all of the crazy crap that he was doing and just like seemed to thrive off of it. She loved it. And it was like a whirlwind romance. Mm. Mm. So that leads us to Nancy. She's who, like, man, that <laughs> shit you do with cats. Oh, Ooh. love oh, that. Going. Well, my wife was giving birth. The uh, We do home births and stuff because um, we're, we're, we're punk rock. Yeah, dude, we've had some we've had some kids in our living room, too. That's we amazing. Uh, super punk rock. But one time they were like, on a scale of one to ten, how bad does it hurt? And she was like, I could kill a dozen <laughs> kittens right now. And I was like, and they were like, uh, they were looking at me, and I was like, she really doesn't <laughs> like cats at all. So I like that could be a two. I don't know. Like, she's never liked cats. I don't really know if that's um, if that's a ten or a two. I don't know. So what you're saying is she's punk rock. She oh dude, what? My <laughs> wife? Total punk rock. Like OG, like yeah. <laughs> Gnarly. Look her up. She, Killing kittens. Wanting <laughs> to kill kittens. She's on a cat or two. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so this leads us this whole whirlwind of a life. And and there's really not much else to say about Sid, to be honest, because that's just he was not that old, and that was just the reputation he had from the get-go, so he just maintained that. So he he meets Nancy, and she is a complicated girly in and of herself. She's an American girl born in the Philly area, and she um, had a lot of problems growing up. Her mother, Deborah, would would say (laughs) that she sustained some brain damage during birth. (laughs) And she thinks that this caused her crazy behavior. Um, She would go into fits she was very defiant but yo i know somebody that like in the last like well i don't want to say too much i don't want to give the inch but they fucking dropped their child at the hospital and the child is like not okay 
Yikes. Isn't that crazy? That's sad. That's sad. It's so crazy to me that that happens. It can it happen never happens that at fast. Home births. It doesn't open at home births because you just usually you're sitting on the floor anyway. There you go. Can't really can't really drop it when you're sitting on the floor. <laughs> so uh, Nancy's um, quite the complicated child. She's hard to handle. Her mom says that <clears throat> she was all of these crazy things, but she was also very smart and independent. And uh, you look like you smoke other people's cigarette butts from the <laughs> Dude, you for all do. you listeners out there, like we do this live. Like <clears throat> one, one doing, like nobody else does true crime live. We do a live for our YouTubes. You want to get on YouTubes and get in the live chats. It's fun. Uh, have a good time. But we apologize. But, you know, we're, like, we're, we're, playing, the, we're playing the double game here, the YouTube <laughs> and the podcast game. Somebody just put in the comments that Tansy looks like he smokes other people's cigarette butts from an <laughs> ashtray. <laughs> you sorry. do? <laughs> Man, fuck you guys, dude. I look... Well, maybe I do smoke. Is that punk rock? If that's punk rock, I do it. You kind of look like you're from Florida. Punk rock. I am from Florida. Daytona, specifically. I'm 45 minutes north of Daytona. Oh, okay. Well, problem solved. That explains Saint it. St. Augie Dog, baby. Oh, nice. I love St. Augustine. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm from. Did you know that? <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. The oldest days. city in the country. But not the first. Yeah, true. Because so, it was uh, owned by Spain. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you got me off track with St. Augustine now. <laughs> well, we're talking I have about better ADHD then. I know. So Nancy, <laughs> <laughs> she's all these crazy things, but she's also very smart and independent. And she graduates high school early because of this, um, which is a little crazy because she was starting to partake in the drugs and alcohol and the crazy lifestyle. And um, she would instigate her friends to do it with her. And by the time she was 18, she decided that she was going to be a punk rock wife. She wanted to be a groupie. That was her life goal. She she just played the part. I think she genuinely was, but she really leaned into it. It fit her niche. That's what she liked. And she was very, very good at it. Yeah, it filled her niche. (laughs) To an extent. (laughs) She was good at it to an extent. Um, she fit in in America, but she, when she flew to London, um, she initially went there because she was had her sights on a drummer from another band named Jerry Nolan. And when yeah. she got there, she was very um, crass, loud, bossy, whiny. She was just a nightmare. People described mm. her as an incredible nightmare. That was what she was. She would shout over the music and ask for <sighs> cigarettes and drugs, all kinds of stuff. She was just a wild woman. But you and know, it like, was that, that's pretty punk rock, though, right? <clears throat> like you can't you like that's par for course. I mean, even for them, though, they were like nobody liked her. No one yeah. in the scene liked her at all. It's like, and they it's were like Drew. It's like Drew. They, on the <laughs> nobody likes them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's more John. <laughs> uh, John sent me a very encouraging text before this and said, we're all counting on you. <laughs> and I was like, wow, thank you. <laughs> he did work feel- really hard on making those reels for you this week. So they were don't great. Don't let him down. Don't let no. him down. <laughs> <laughs> so Nancy's uh, over in London now at this point, trying to get this Jerry Nolan cat and everybody's intentionally trying to keep her 
away from him because she's just bad news. She's always getting drugs. She's pushy, all this stuff. Anyway, so she's at a show and she sees Sid and she's watching him do his Sid antics and she is like drawn to him. She makes it a beeline to this guy Mm. and immediately off the bat, chemistry was flying and they were hanging all over each other and before you knew it, they were boyfriend and girlfriend and they were just like a match made in hell pretty much. I mean, it was, they were just causing havoc everywhere they went. That's like me and Sarah Kelch. Just a match made in hell, baby. (laughs) (laughs) 15 years older Sarah Kelch, because right, like 25-year-old Sarah Kelch looks like she's 10, so I don't want anything to do with that. So I'll still wait for (laughs) 25-year-old Sarah Kelch to turn like 45, and then she'll look like the kind of women I'm into. (laughs) Anyway, so they, they're setting fire to the punk scene and they're just living their life. They decide they're going to come back to America and they move into a, it's, it's a hotel. It's called the Chelsea Hotel in New York City. <clears throat> the Chelsea Hotel originally started as kind of like a nice place for actors and singers and, you know, talent to stay it was a, it was a like a nice place but over time it got run you know they got ran out and it was more like a druggy haven essentially <clears throat> and um that's of course where Sid and Nancy went to live and they lived there for uh, about a year um while they were in New York uh, the sex pistols had broken up and Sid was now trying to venture out into a solo career okay. Nancy made herself she took it upon herself to call to be his manager essentially at 19 years old with no experience with the attitude that she has and you can look up these interviews but they go on tv and they talk about just the the new arrangement they have and what sid's going to do next you know the typical stuff right and she you could tell she's very domineering she speaks for him She's very blunt. She's very um, she's very confident in her ability. And in one of them, <laughs> there's a little girl in the crowd who's like hitting on Sid kind of. And she basically tells her, you better fucking back off like on this live TV. <laughs> it's like they were just wild, you know. Back then, yeah. that was not a thing. People didn't. They just weren't nowadays. That's kind of like that's entertainment. You know, people fight on TV right for fun and but back then that was like no it was just not good right so anyway they're living this life and they're just doing drugs hanging out friends would say they would do nothing but lounge around and do heroin pass out wake up watch tv they would (sighs) prostitute themselves for for money yes living the life you know man that's supposed to be like without kids man if I didn't have five kids, that's the <laughs> life I'd be living right now. Dude. Well, I mean, Sid's mom did it with a kid. <laughs> so just start doing it now. Crazy bitch. <laughs> Not you. Uh, I'm talking so, about Sid's mother. Y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so time goes on. And 
uh, one fit. That was the chair, by the way, in case you could hear that. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. It's making noise. <laughs> Where the real dirtbags of true crime. Yeah. <laughs> She's shitting on the microphone. So punk rock of you right now. No, no. <laughs> so one fateful morning in October of 1978, um, Sid wakes up and he finds his beloved Nancy dead in the bathroom of their no of way. their room that escalated quickly she yeah well i mean there's really not it was it was very fast they were only together for a year there really wasn't a lot um i mean that's pretty much unless i just talk forever about how they were doing heroin that's really all they did all the time and so it is kind of abrupt but that's basically what it was it was a very abrupt ending to a total just shit show of yeah of a relationship so he wakes up he finds her he freaks out he calls for help he calls down to the front desk and he's like you know get somebody here right now my girlfriend is dead the police show up and the scene that they find is <laughs> sid is somehow passed out again on a mattress in the room the way the room is set up is a little weird so there's two mattresses on the floor and then a bed and then there's, you know, the bathroom off to the side. Mm -hmm. Sid's, Sid's on a mattress, passed out when the police show up on the floor. This picture that's on the screen right now, that's the actual hotel bed. And that's where that's the stabbing occurred. Yeah. And then there's another uh, mattress on the floor in the opposite corner. So they wake Sid up. And he had, the, the night before, he had taken... Two and all, which was a sleep aid, kind of like an Ambien, I'm guessing. Right. Um, he had he'd taken thirty tablets of this, which would be enough to probably overdose somebody who's sober. But he's a heroin addict, so he survives. But he's very out of it. Wow. So the police, they kind of have to like slap him around a little bit to get him to wake up. So he woke up. He found his girlfriend dead. He called the police and he passed back out. This is how, like, fucked up he was. So they take him out. They have him in the hallway. He's freaking out. He's like, oh, he's screaming, like, my baby, my baby, she's dead. Oh my, He's freaking the fuck out. He's, like, inconsolable. And they so they take him down to the um, hotel, like, conference room. And they're interviewing him, asking him what happened. They read him his rights, all that, all that good stuff. And he gives a couple of uh, conflicting statements. He first says that he has no idea what was going on. I don't know why you guys are here. I don't know what happened. She's just dead. Then he goes on to say that they were arguing the night before. Uh, this is when he tells them that he had been um, high on two and all all night long. Um, and he had just woken up. I think he woke up around like seven-ish, somewhere around there. And... Damn. I believe it was around 10 o'clock when the when law enforcement showed up. So it, it was there was like a lot going on and he was totally out of it. Then he tells them after a lot of questioning, he tells them, yes, yes, I stabbed her because I'm, quote, a dirty dog. This is what he tells the police. <laughs> so then he retracts Damn. that. Then he retracts that statement and says she must have rolled onto the knife in the bed by accident. I don't know how it happened. So he's like, oh, that, ha that happens though. 
<laughs> I mean, bro, I can't tell you how many times I've been with a girl. She's like, oh, I'm like, what? She's like, I just nicked myself on this knife in the bed. I'm like, on oh, this man, hunting knife. Oh, I left my dagger in the bed again, unsheathed. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry. The knife, the knife that was used was like. <laughs> <laughs> we have groupies now. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should call everybody. Groupies. groupies. Um, <laughs> the knife that was used was a foldable hunting knife, so it was a pretty large knife. Um, it would have been pretty tricky to get it at such an angle where you roll right on top of it. Um, and then it falls back out because she didn't have the knife in her. Yeah, like it time. falls out and then like falls back into her. She just kept rolling onto it. She's like, <laughs> oh, 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 36 times. <laughs> oh. I'll do a review of the crime scene in a second because this is, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, these are okay. drug addicts that we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, you and I both know it's hard to speak, get a story out of someone who's in active addiction. Um, sometimes oh, dude, they, they, they can't tell the truth. They sometimes they just don't even know. They just start talking and they're just talking right. about whatever and it doesn't make any sense. It's like, or exactly, they lie. They're really, some of them are very good manipulators. It's just so. Things are chaotic and all over the place. Right. So these law enforcement officers, they have their scene, they have their victim, they have their confession. They haul Sid off to jail. Oh. Now, the crime scene was, and, you know, I hate to say it, uh, but I, you know, the, the detectives on scene didn't really process, do a thorough processing of this crime scene. Um the knife what was thorough was... back in that day, though. That's the thing, too. It's New York Police Department in the 70s. I know they're, they were extremely large agency. And the they 70s was like one of the on. highest crime rates. And it's still, it still has the highest crime rate, mm -hmm. right? Like, no, we, we've never beaten the 70s as far as like officer involved shootings, officers being killed. More officers were killed in the 70s than any other year to date. Mm -hmm. Like, the 70s yeah. were gnarly for whatever reason. And we're talking about a really like, seedy part of New York City in a drug hotel. So right. it's just It reminds me of like remember the uh first Ninja Turtles? <laughs> no, sorry. Ninja Turtles one? Oh. <laughs> damn. I wasn't anyway, a Ninja it's, Turtles it's like, girly. It's in New York and the kids got a Sid Vicious shirt on actually the the protagonist. Um no the antagonist of the story. Well he's kind of a it's kind of a mix. He was bad, and then he kind of becomes good at the end. But yeah, anyway, like, yeah, I mean, like, even even in the eighties when they made Ninja Turtles one, like they were, you know, like they were kind of, it was on the backbone of that seventies eighties crime wave. Yeah. Of New York. Yeah, it was really bad. So these cops had a lot on their plate, and and you got to think about the context of the situation. It, it's it's a I hate to say it, but when you are constantly dealing with the same people and I'm sure they were not very pro law enforcement. You know, they were always going there for the same type of thing. And, right. and I'm sure there was like a lot of empathy back then either. No, like cops no, not probably for... didn't give a fuck back then. No, like right now we're, it's like a lot of cops. Some cops have empathy. Some like some of that have big religious backgrounds, big religious views, myself included. Like I had a religious obligation for the reason why I policed the way I did, uh, changing tires and trying to help old women. That was a religious thing for me. It had nothing to do with police officers, but po the police officers that didn't, or that weren't raised in church, like they had to be 
like nowadays they have to be taught empathy in mm-hmm. the 70s dude i bet you none of these cops police with any empathy whatsoever so like you might have like a couple of the religious ones that like we're out there like trying to save the heroin addicts and love everybody as Jesus did. But I bet you the most of them were just like, man, fuck these assholes. Let them die. And they probably beat the shit out of them when they shouldn't have. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, they had those big giant flashlights and Billy Cubs back then. They probably didn't put up with a lot of shit. No, I mean, their tactics weren't like we we have now. We didn't have they didn't have like the resources and training that we have now. And those guys in New York City they had to do what they had to do to keep the crime down. I mean, it was like you solve one crime and you've got 25 waiting for you. You just never get ahead of the of the mountain of just bullshit going on. And so it's it's it can get frustrating to have to deal with the same troublemakers over and over and over. And these were famous people that probably felt like they were invincible. They didn't give a shit. Just bad attitudes. Right. And it's not an excuse for blowing off a murder investigation, but it's just the reality of the times yeah, and I'm the saying. people like that were in the involved. 70s they were probably just like man i don't got time to you know with that new york accent i got time to deal with this shit man fuck that broad <laughs> yeah. i don't know how new yorkers talk but um <laughs> let's go get a hot dog in a cafe sounds what i would expect a new york police department, police right. officer to sound like the- what happened she rode over on a knife they were both high on heroin let's go get a hot dog perfect all the new yorkers that are gonna hear this are gonna be Freaking out. <laughs> like, whoa, he's probably... Speaking of freaking out, guys, today's show is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Promo code Wolfpack. We're back, baby, with Manscaped. Fall is coming, and that means it's time to trim those hedges. Trim your bowels. That's what I'm talking about. Trimming your bowels. You trimmed them at the beginning of summer, now you got to trim them again. You trimmed them all summer. Uh, those nasty razors that you're using that are all nicked up and rusty and... Cutting you to death, man. Treat yourself going into the fall. Just help you get a girlfriend, man. Go get you the lawnmower 4.0. Uh, even if you rolled on over, uh, if you rolled onto it overnight accidentally, it's got that non-nicking technology, so you're not gonna make your bed all bloody. Head over to Manscaped right now and get 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, again, uh, Manscaped.com. Listen, they got the the awesome. They got the beard trimmers now, the nose hairs trimmers, the best underwear on the planet. Like, who would have thought that Manscaped makes good underwear? I'm obsessed with my Manscaped underwear. Plus, that leather travel bag, when you're going to these little police conventions and stuff, it makes you look like a man. You're smelling like a man because you're using all the the soaps that Manscaped come with. That 4.0 package is so dope. It's like, it, it's like a never... Ending. It's like one of those hats that magicians use. You just keep reaching in to the, the 4.0 package and you're just pulling stuff out, man. It all looks great. Looks nice on the counter. Makes you look nice and manly. Uh, head over to manscaped.com. Use that promo code Wolfpack right now. And then also we've got Officer Privacy. This is a new one all the way for fourth quarter. You're going to be hear a lot about this. Officer Privacy. Don't wait until you accidentally shoot somebody that was unarmed, but was presenting uh, their cell phone like it was a cannon, and you shot them re- reasonably. You shot them, but you probably shouldn't have, or something, or maybe you shoot them because they needed to be shot because they were shooting at you. Either way, they're going to be coming after you. It's election season; they're coming after all the cops for any reason. You might you might give the wrong politician a ticket this this season. They're coming after you, but with officer privacy, these guys, it's like a bulletproof vest. 
for the interwebs. They're going to erase your address. They're going to erase where you go to church and where you go to the gym so that you cannot be doxxed. Or it'll make it very, very difficult for you to be doxxed. But right now, you can get... Um, uh, a, a big deal. We just signed on with them yesterday. I don't quite have the ad read in front of me yet, but uh, th this is a an opportunity you don't want to want to want to miss. I think there's a free trial. Um, anyway, ad reads to come on officer privacy, but start looking at it now. Seriously, like if, if, you know, a lot of you cops out there, man. I don't know how you don't have this. Uh, you know, these are different times, and and doxing is is a real thing and we on the failure side podcast channel guys we have talked to sergeant mattingly will preach all day yes yes you should have this right now before something happens don't get it when it happens it's too late they've already got your address there was a cop uh, in durham whose house was molotov cocktailed right this this is a growing trend lots of things can be happened get you that officer privacy dot com uh, it's uh, officer privacy dot com forward slash wolfpack officer privacy dot com forward slash wolfpack even if you just uh, aren't a law enforcement officer but you don't want your shit out there on the webs look if you're an influencer or you want you you're a business owner that's okay this isn't getting rid of you this isn't getting rid of J Rama it's getting rid of your address it's getting rid of where you go to church where you go to the gym where your kids go to school so head over to officerprivacy.com forward slash Wolfpack. Do it right now. Back to you, Jay Rama. Thank you. So Nancy is, uh, when they find her, she's, again, she's dead on the floor in the bathroom with one single stab wound to her lower abdomen. And this is what caused her ultimate demise. There was no other wound. Mm. Just the single in and out. The knife that was used was found cleaned off and resting on an open suitcase near the door. This was kind of the smoking gun, along with the confession from Sid Vicious and just the circumstances that they had at the time, because he had bought that knife a couple of days prior to defend himself while they were in New York City because they're heroin addicts. It's risky. Dang. Another thing was they collected. Uh, this is kind of where I'm like, guys, come on, could do a little better. They collected a bunch of fingerprints from six different people, and that night it was said that by pretty much everybody that was either a there, Sid Vicious, other people that were staying at the hotel. There were multiple people that were coming in and out of their hotel room throughout the night. Some of them were right. drug dealers. Some of them were friends. I mean, you know, the druggy stuff. Yeah. The typical stuff that they, they do all night long. None of these people were contacted or interviewed for a witness Ooh. statement or any sort of, you know, they kind of dropped the ball with that. Um, there was another person who was rumored to have been there who was staying in the hotel in a different room. They never contacted this person. They never tried to get another side of the story. I mean, did they just think that Sid did it and that was it? Yes. Yep. They just ran yeah. with it. And again, it goes back to the whole, well, he says he did it. Bada bing, bada boom. It's done. We don't have to worry about it. Right. So that's pretty much the crime scene. There's also a, uh, a bloody handprint on one of those mattresses that was never, it was photographed, but it was never 
mentioned or put into evidence or like used for anything pretty much. And it was on the opposite mattress that Sid was passed out on. So along with the bloody sheets on the actual bed, there was this handprint um, and it could have been her stumbling around. Who knows? But we won't know because they didn't and they didn't what? involve it in the case. So it's just a couple of things flopped with this. Um, yeah. But long and short, Sid went to jail. Um, he had a hearing. He was uh, given a bond and very quickly posted it. His record company posted it and he's out for yeah, murdering his what's girlfriend. Sid's, what's- What's Sid's money like right now? Like, is he just out of money? Oh, no. Or he's, is he making fuck tons of money? He's still making good money. He's still doing a uh, career. He's doing a solo career. It's obviously not as good as as it was when he was with the Sex Pistols, but he's he's making his own way. And again, you know, the prostitution is breaking in the cash. Um, <laughs> is he prostituting so, himself or was he prostituting Nancy? So... It's unconfirmed, but it's said by a couple of their friends that uh, Nancy was forcing Sid to participate. Basically, she would um, have people watch them. People that wanted to watch. She would offer like, hey, you want to watch us? Give me, you know, however. I do that that with my wife all the time. That's not prostitution. Well, she would. I mean, they would also. I'm just kidding. I'm just (laughs) kidding. I don't do that. It was like OnlyFans back then. Yeah, it was like yeah. OnlyFans Live. They just didn't have OnlyFans. So she wasn't fucking anybody else per se, and he wasn't. Uh, I'm sure she was. Oh, you think I'm she sure was? they I'm sure they were. Nancy was kind of like he was kind of her puppet. He was very in love with her and she did whatever she wanted and he went along with it. Because that so would she, be my next she question. Him it was around. like who's to say that like one of these guys doesn't come in there? He like there he's supposed to be there watching. He, Sid passes out. He wants a little uh-uh because he's tired of watching. He's boned up and she doesn't want any part of it. She stabs the fuck out of him. Sid comes to and he's like, yeah, I don't really remember what happened. Yeah, there's actually a couple theories on what happened and we'll get to it because mm, I don't really know if Sid did this, okay. you know? Oh, okay. I'm going to say he probably did, though. It's a very strong possibility. I mean, all signs point to it, but just wait because you might change your mind. Okay. Um, All right. So anyway, he goes to he goes to jail. He bonds out while he's on bond. He gets he's continuing to be Sid vicious and he's doing heroin, acting a fool. In December of that year, this was Nancy's murder was in October, and in December he gets into a bar fight and smashes a beer bottle into a guy's face. He goes to jail for that. Sure. And he bonds back out. So now he's on bond for two offenses. One of them is murder. And that night that he bonds out, he's released into his mother's custody. And they immediately go to a friend's house nearby to party. So everyone that's... I I watched a documentary on this. Um, It's called Who Killed Nancy? And... Everyone that was there, well, not everyone, but quite a few people that were there that night are in this documentary. They all said that they agreed prior to Sid showing up that they were not going to give him heroin. Okay. Because he was just off the rails and they were, they had a little bit of sense. So they all agreed not to. He was Jones and Ford, of course. Um, Sid's mom, this is according to these people, Sid's mom leaves. One of the guys gets a phone call 
from somebody because he's a heroin dealer and they say hey meet this woman downstairs she wants you know whatever however much he goes down he meets her he makes the exchange he goes back upstairs and sid's mother shows back up a short while later with heroin this guy believes that that was a setup to get heroin for sid like his mom made this girl go buy heroin and then grabbed it from her and went upstairs so Sid has been in jail for about a month. He's been sober. He's been detoxed. As the night goes on, he decides he's going to take this heroin. And unfortunately, he takes the dose that he normally takes. And we all know what happens yeah. when you're sober. And then you take the amount you used to take. And unfortunately, he went to sleep and he never woke up. Oh, shit. S yeah. Sid died of an overdose on January 2nd, 1979. His mother found him the next morning. And it was kind of like, you know, an inevitable end to a wild ass life, you know? So, yeah, I mean, like you can't like, I mean, when you're raised, when you're raised like that, it's, you're kind of set up for failure from the, from the beginning. Yeah, right? exactly. And his mother was there, the one that was feeding him all this stuff. Oh my God. And I'm not saying, mom. I know. And Sid's no saint, you know, he's a heroin addict. He's a, a ruffian. Right, but he, he, can, he comes by it honestly. You know, the <laughs> apple doesn't fall yeah. far from the tree. Right. He's got nobody in his life that's like trying to get him better. Which right. I mean, again, it's it's your own responsibility, but if you understand addiction, I mean you sometimes you can't do it by yourself, especially when everyone else around you is doing it. Doing yeah, the thing. For yeah. sure. So I mean, look at San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just yeah. like, that guy's shitting, I'll take a shit. I mean, they can't stop <laughs> shitting. It's not their they fault. They can't stop shitting and they can't stop taking drugs. Like, <laughs> have you seen the um, the videos where they like drive down and everybody's like, you know, yeah, it's bad. Out? Oh, it's really oh. scary. Could you imagine trying to raise kids in that area? Mm -mm. No chance. That's why they're all leaving. <laughs> they're all leaving and they're coming Crazy, to Florida. Man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so with Sid's death, the New York, the police department, the prosecutor's office, they decide, well, case close. He did it. He's dead. She's dead. But that's it. We're done. <clears throat> so that case is closed. Everybody pretty much thinks that Sid did it, all this stuff. But there's a couple of people in his life who are very vehemently against this theory. And uh, years later, some more information comes out about the night that Nancy was murdered. Um, a, a man who went by the name of Rocket's Red Glare. That was his... <sighs> His like stage name or whatever. Did you know what my stage? My you know what my punk rock stage name is? Oh what? Rare Gay McGangliouch. <laughs> Come again. Rare Gay oh. McGangliouch. Common spelling. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I like that. That's just it. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I could pronounce that, and you just told it to me twice. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's my fake name. It's my pseudo name. Rare Gay. Okay. All right, nice. <laughs> so Rocket's Red Glare. <laughs> right. Can't say. <laughs> Rocket's Red Glare. So Rocket's Red Glare was a man, um, obviously, but his <laughs> he was a man by the name, his real name was Michael Mora, and he was their um, heroin dealer, Sid and Nancy's heroin dealer friend. He was in the music scene, and he was always there. The night that she was murdered, he was there. Um, 
this is confirmed by people, other people who were there, and also uh, Rocket's Red Glare himself, a couple days after Nancy's murder, was going around bragging about murdering her and stealing money, robbing her, and he would flash the cash that he took from her. And it added up because there was money missing from the hotel room. So, in my mind, and he, he would say this up until he died in 2001. He never changed his story. He didn't tell everyone, but a couple of times he told enough people to where it became like, eh, this guy probably actually did this. Um, when this information was brought to the New York City Police Department, they did not entertain it. Um, they never reached out to him. The case was closed. They just let it go. Um, so... Anyway, um, this this guy, it, it kind of makes sense to me because if if Sid is to be believed and he was, in fact, on all of this two and all, totally like zooted out of his mind, can't even remember. I mean, the morning that he found uh, Nancy, Nancy, he almost said Sid <laughs> when the morning he found Nancy, he woke up, he he saw her, he thought she was still breathing Tried to clean her up a little bit and then went down to the methadone clinic to get her methadone. Came back and that's when he called 911 because that's when he realized, oh shit, she's like dead. What the fuck? Like he was that out of it. Um, and if that's to be believed, that would kind of make sense about the knife because what, um, what guy coming out of a sleep aid induced coma essentially would think to clean off a murder weapon and place it very nicely somewhere if he was in as much of a rush and frantic as he said. Of course, it's just a theory because I guess we'll never really know. Right. Um, but well, I feel like that, if you're coherent enough to clean up a body and clean a knife and have the wherewithal to go get methadone. I mean, I, of course, I've never really been. That high, but I've also never really. Yeah. Arre- I mean, I've arrested <laughs> a lot of heroin addicts. I know exactly how they act, but I don't know that they were like. You know, I think they just they use it. I think they use those types of things as a convenience. Like, oh, it's so convenient that I don't remember the worst part of what happened. Like, oh, I cleaned her up and I cleaned the knife and I went and got the methadone, but I don't remember why I did it. Yeah, yeah. and. He never really he never says anything about the knife, not from what I could read, but regardless, he did say he tried to clean her up at some point. So it's very muddled. Um, right. But the other theory is that Nancy committed suicide, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, no. The reason that this is a theory is because they did have a suicide pact. Nancy always said she never made it to 21 and she didn't. She died when she was 20. And when Sid died, he had a note. Um, in his jacket pocket that basically said Nancy and I had a a suicide pact and I have to hold up my end of the of the bargain Um, bury me next to my baby bury me my leather jacket jeans and motorcycle boots and so that's kind of the only piece of evidence that people use to say that she killed herself but what a way to kill yourself that doesn't make any sense to me stabbing yourself one time in the abdomen I mean, I, like, I don't it think. would be like very like Japanese, right? Like the yeah, yeah the, you know? yes. Dude, so, what? And those are, I, I mean, and, and like women don't really kill themselves messily, right? Like in that a thing? Mm, in that thing we learned no. as cops, don't they usually try to keep it all clean and pretty? Yeah, just not yeah, if you're a fucking groupie. 
Well, that's the thing. It, it she would be the outlier. Her own mother, she wrote right. a book. Um and and she said that she believed that Nancy in incited Sid to kill her cuz that's something that she would do, which Ooh. is really fucked up for your own mom to say. Does this book exist? Can you get this book on Amazon? You can. It's uh I wish I'd written it down. I think it's I don't want to live this Check life. Check this out. Let's do this. Let's do this. Whoever Let's leaves us up. The best five-star review, you have to mention True Crime Tuesday, the original Night Shift, the OG Night Shift. Um, I know they're like outliers, but like, let's be honest. Let's be real, folks. I started Night Shift like with Mike the Cop year, like a long time ago. <laughs> Leave a review, a five-star review. And the winner of the best review for True Crime Tuesday, Jay Rama and I will sign a copy of this book. And we'll send it to you. No, I don't know why you'd want us to sign the book. That sounds stupid. As I say it out loud. <laughs> we'll leave you a handwritten note. And then we'll put it inside the book. There you go. And then we'll send it to you. Because us signing a book that we didn't write sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> punk rock. That's punk rock. Signing a book that you didn't write. Let's go. Let's do it's it. It's called. No, I'm just kidding. And I we'll don't send you the book. Mm -hmm. Leave a five-star review. And listen. Even if you've written a review in the past, you can update your review. You can edit it um, and then screenshot it just in case. Because I don't know if you update, if you've already written a review. We have like almost 1,800 reviews on there. Um, I don't know that like it comes back to the top. So like maybe screenshot it and send it in the DMs just in case if you don't see it move up on the, the list. But yeah, if you want to be in and um, we're going to do that by we'll read off the reviews next tuesday so that means your review has to be in by sunday because it takes 24 hours so we'll read your review or read the reviews on tuesday next tuesday whoever has the best one will send a copy of the book we got to do one for uh at some point we got to do okay. that with uh gerard schaefer's book too remember his oh, uh, his well, his ex-girlfriend published his That's stories right. that he that. wrote. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I remember that from your first episode, right? Yeah. So, um, anyway, th those that's pretty much the story. I, Sid's mother um, contacted Nancy's mother and asked her if he could be buried next to her because that's what he wanted. And Nancy's mother said, absolutely the fuck no. Fuck no. But, so instead of burying him, they cremated him and she... Um, Anne, his mother, sprinkled his ashes over her grave. So, loophole. Dude, what a piece of shit. <laughs> what a piece of shit Anne was. I but know. You got to keep them together, right? Gotta she really keep was. Them separated. <laughs> that's why they wrote. That's why they wrote that song. Actually, do you know that? <laughs> for Sid and Nancy. They wrote that song for the feud between Sid's mother and Nancy's mother. <laughs> titled <laughs> gotta keep them separated uh i'm just kidding that's not how that went but uh, uh yeah th guys listen a lot of people in the chat so always like to acknowledge you guys we love you guys growing fast man please go check out anthony ramondes and i show night shift top secret information it's a little difficult to find right at the moment because it's not uh on any algorithms yet but you can find the link in the night shift tsi bio on instagram just go and hit that. Um, Abby Ellsworth uh, asks on being a police officer podcast, says, what about your book, Eric? Well, my book was pitched to uh, the editorial board, I think is the correct name of it, 
for um, of, of a major publishing house, and um, that was two weeks ago to the day. So, um, from what I've read on Reddit about these things, is that if you hear back that week, that means it's probably a no. But if they take time, it means that they might be writing you an offer or like going through the process. So they were like, no news is good news after your butch has been, which is the last thing that happened. So it made it past the, it made it to an agent. The agent pitched it over to a senior editor or, or to like an editor's, like a regular editor's board. Then it went to senior editor and then the senior editor pitched it to the publishing house board. And that's where we're at right now. So, um, that's what's going on with the book, uh, Pig Latin, a seriously funny true story. If you want to be on the uh, the mailing list for the uh, pre-buy on that, all you got to do is DM me at uh, Eric Tanzi Official or Failure to Stop Instagram, either one, and you all you have to do is put your email address. I know what you want, but because I copy the email and put it into a email feed, so that when the book is about the when the book is done, I'm going to send all of you guys your a private link with a discount code and everything to be the first ones to get this book. Um, I think there's like 300 emails I've got so far or a little over 300 emails. So I'm going to ship those books out right away with a discount code, like before anybody else gets it. And, um, but if you send me like a paragraph and then you put the email in the paragraph, then one, I might not read it because I really don't read really long paragraphs at one time, but it's also hard for me to go in there and copy and paste it out of there. So if you want to leave me a big long paragraph, I love that, but do it on a separate message. So I just need your email. I'll know what it's for and I can add you to that email list. But yes, that's what's going on with the book. Thank you so much for having And Abby, of course, you don't even have to be on that list because I'm obviously just going to send you one. Um, and, and I think I've already sent you uh, the first copy anyway. Um, but yeah, you'll, you're definitely going to get one um, because we love you. Uh, last known president in the chat. Thank you so much. Will Gray. Jake Keefe's in the chat. Jake Keefe 21. What's up, Wolfpack? Looks like Jake Keefe will be down in November. We'll be down in North Carolina in November. Uh, maybe at the Albemarle event and the event down in Raleigh. I'm not sure if he's doing both or one or the other. Um, it sounds like he's doing both from the last time I talked to him. But that's November 11th and 12th. So it's kind of like a meetup, but a big charity event in Albemarle. Uh, lots of uh, big time, big hitters. Drew's going to be emceeing the event. There's going to be lots of other uh, celebrities and influencers out there all raising money for um, uh, boxes for cops and shop a cop. Shop with a cop. Shop with a cop. Not shop <laughs> a cop. Shop with a cop. So that's going to be good. And I think maybe uh, Antihero's coming up for that, possibly. Yep. And yep, you are a groupie be there. of the anti-hero. I am a groupie. <laughs> She's a groupie in the band. So, um, yeah, and I think I'm going to try to get Anthony Ramonde up here as well. So, yeah, anyway, uh, that is November. That's uh, Veterans Day weekend. It's going to be off of the Chiz Arts. Uh, listen, go and support Manscaped. Oh, Factor Meals. Factor Meals. By the way, um, the Officer Privacy because uh, one of your anti-hero boys is still an active cop, we're going to hook him up with Officer Privacy um, with like an actual Officer Privacy subscription. Awesome. So we'll see how that works um, for for Tyler over at Anti-Hero. You're the producer, by the way, folks. She's the producer. That's why when I say groupie, she's not really a groupie. She's not like, <laughs> sleeping with the whole band. Maybe she dabbles here and there. Never know. <laughs> um, we don't judge. We don't kink shame. Um 
But you guys, listen, we are the dirtbags of true crime right here every Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Stay safe, stay strange, and whatever you do, don't get yourself true crimed. <laughs>